Hey, Chrissy here. I am a landscape architect and the owner of Kismet Design. I am a very process-driven designer, and I love sharing what I do and how I do it with anyone who's interested. Reaching your true potential and achieving your own personal goals will not happen by chance. You have to set your intentions, make a plan, and do the work. Thank you for joining me to nerd out on design. Don't forget to subscribe and to share too. Let's create something great together. I have struggled with perfectionism most of my life. Maybe struggle isn't the right word. For a long time, I embraced it as a badge of honor, as many of you likely have at some point. But I found myself asking, at what cost was perfectionism worth? I still hold myself to very high standards, yet I no longer strive for perfect. The weight of the expectation of perfect is just a bit much. The design industry runs on the constant chase of beauty, and beauty and perfection are placed on a pedestal that we all look up at in awe. Just like the behind the scenes life of the seemingly perfect life of that friend you follow on Instagram, there's always another side to the story. The process is what should be given focus and priority, not the end result, especially in landscape design. The end result is not static. That photo shoot only captures a very, very brief moment in time. The garden will never look the same again, but it's not meant to. The evolution and the process are where the true beauty lies, the changing of seasons, the evolution of the plant material in that garden. You may disagree, but I very, very strongly believe that perfect is not only not a good standard, but it is not even attainable in life, business, or in design. Hindsight always sheds a different light on everything, and there are always more tweaks and adjustments to be made. I'm continually analyzing everything around me and asking myself what would make it better, what works, what doesn't, how something is made how something might be constructed differently, how it's constructed. It's the designer's brain that cannot be quieted. And it's not just about things in my field of focus. You never know when that seemingly random useless knowledge might be applicable or might inspire another thought. Striving to be perfect can be very stressful and can breed a lot of critical self-evaluation. I think we're all guilty. If taken too far, it can lead you down into a really dark place, depression, anxiety, stress, even burnout. Just as being busy is talked about as a status symbol, perfectionism is the gold standard of what we show the world. That can be through social media, through conversation, whatever it is. The expectation is to be perfect and to put on a mask of perfection. The truth though, is that we all have things in life that don't go as planned, goals we don't reach or mistakes that we hide. Not every story is one that we want to tell, and not every photo is one we want on our website. Being okay with this is one thing. Being okay with people knowing is another. But why? Especially in the world of being a working mom, there is a ridiculous standard of perfectionism that moms need to work like they don't have kids and parent like they don't work. Tell me how that is fair or achievable. Let me tell you, it's not. This is just one of the many examples of perfectionism standards we feel the need to measure ourselves against. 
I do notice some slight shifts in social expectations, but it's a big mountain to move. I do not have the power to change those social expectations, but I can change my own expectations. Perfectionism builds on itself. When you consistently perform well, it becomes the expectation, and any deviation can be viewed as a failure. This makes it hard to make the choice to take risk because of fear of failure. This fear has kept me from many things. The what if game can be brutal. The fact of the matter is that you don't know if you don't try, and it is in the trying that is the most rewarding and comes with the highest opportunity to grow and to learn. Even failures are great educational tools and shouldn't be avoided. This is a hard lesson to learn though. The feeling that everyone is watching and judging can be paralyzing. Realizing that everyone is more worried about themselves than you can be eye-opening. At the end of the day, all that matters is that you're happy with yourself and proud of who you are and what you put out into the world. I manage to calm the voice of perfectionism through establishing my good enough expectations and reminding myself that nothing is ever truly complete. My good enough expectations are still very high standards that meet the expectations that I have set for what I am capable of achieving. And that is the main point is making sure that your expectations you are capable of achieving. The goal is to be able to be proud to put my name on any work I put out into the world. This also helps me to establish reasonable timelines. If I do not have a timeline and I leave design on my desk, I will continue to tweak and change and add. I may even scrap the first idea for something entirely different and start from square one. The new idea may be better or it may not. I have found that my initial instincts are often my best ideas and those should be used for the foundation of the design and then refined to create the final outcome. This keeps me from obsessing and overthinking. I have taken the same mantra when it comes to this podcast. I could spend countless hours going through and editing and changing and tweaking and adding to each episode new things that I think about or things that I wish I would have said differently, but I don't know that that's worth my time. I think it's better to get the message out there as long as it's clear and concise and okay. If there's a few extra ums in there, it's going to happen. But having a standard that is achievable, that doesn't hold you back from getting things done will help you to take things off that to-do list. Each stage of the process continually refines the design or the project. Each design, each project, each client, I learn something that I can take with me to the next one. It is a constant evolution that just like a garden, nothing in life is stagnant. The effort, growth, and learning should become the gold standard rather than being perfect. My first glimpse of the power I had to release this idealism of perfectionism came from a teacher that I had in high school. It took me a while to really put it to practice, but it really started with him. He explained before an exam that each question did not need to be answered in order. At the time, this was mind-blowing. I was obsessed with process even then and had never even considered not doing everything in order. 
He explained that it was better to work through the exam, answering only the questions you felt confident about, and then return to the ones that needed more thought. That way, you can ensure that at minimum, you get all the points for the answers that you know. Smart, right? In doing this, it also relieved some of the stress when I hit an answer I wasn't sure of. This is a tactic I use quite often, even though my test-taking days are over. One example is my email. If I have only a short amount of time to go through emails, I will go through each of them and only respond to the ones that have either quick answers or only need acknowledgement. I mark the emails that require more time, information, or thought as unread so that I can tackle them later when I have the time to give them the attention they deserve. As a result, I have made considerably more progress than I would have if I stopped on the first one that I needed more time and information on and agonized that I didn't have enough time to respond to it appropriately. Even a simple response of, I will get back to you on this, is progress worth making. Having well-established processes and standards provides a framework to work within and it establishes achievable boundaries and expectations. The better defined these are, the less likely I am to experience perfectionism paralysis, which leads to stress and reduced productivity, which is one of my biggest pet peeves. Not sure of something? Make a note and move on. Those notes do add up though. Sometimes the answers come to me like magic when I'm driving or folding laundry or who knows. Sometimes I need to carve out time to really tackle them and put my thinking cap on. Being self-aware and giving yourself the time, permission, and framework sets the stage to get it done. I do this mainly by scheduling my calendar to give myself days that are just office days. It changes. There's undoubtedly things where I need to go check on a construction project on one of my office days. But on Mondays, usually I am just working on planning. I can go through my emails. I can make sure to respond to things that I haven't had time to yet. And that gives me the framework to know when I have time and when I don't. I think it is important to continually grow and learn and evolve, but it can be a challenge for many, if not most of us, to do this without unhealthy levels of comparison. Comparison is okay, but you can't forget to read the subtitles. They are not you. In the professional world, comparison often leads to viewing your peers as competition rather than collaborators. One of my goals with this podcast, my involvement with APLD, and much of my other content that I create is to infect more of my peers with the desire to share and build each other up rather than feel like they need to be in fierce competition with each other. We all have unique perspectives and experiences and can learn so much from each other. Putting yourself out there without the expectation of perfectionism allows you to share, grow, and relate to others who are in the same place as you. Even with clients, it is okay not to be perfect. It is okay not to always have the answers. We are trying our best. And it is okay to hold yourself to high expectations as long as you are accepting that you will not meet those expectations 100% of the time. So how do you establish these goals and expectations? For me, many of my goals are not concrete or are tiered. 
the goals I set that are not concrete often are focused on achieving a feeling, which can be kind of mushy, and it can depend on the day or the amount of coffee I've had. For example, one of my goals in starting my own business was to have more freedom of time. This doesn't necessarily always mean that I'm working less hours in a week than I would in a traditional job, but it may mean that on a random Tuesday, I can go into my daughter's classroom and teach an art lesson. Maybe it means swinging by the grocery store on my way home from a meeting so that I don't have to go after the kids get home from school. This gives me the feeling of time freedom. Financial goals can be based on feeling as well. For example, you may set the goal that you want to reduce the stress around seasonal purchases. This can be birthdays or holidays, you name it. In my family, we have all of our birthdays crammed into only a few short months. It may be saving up for hiring a new employee. Sure, there's some number crunching that definitely needs to be done and can be done to set an allowance, but some of it is figuring out how much of a buffer makes you feel protected in taking a financial risk, like making a hire. The goals that I set for myself that are tiered often look something like this. My primary goal is what I want to achieve and the standard that I'm going to hold myself accountable to and fight to accomplish. Then there's a nice to reach goal that is above that. If the stars align and I kick butt and surpass my primary goal, this is my reach goal. The goal is set so that if I push myself a little harder, I can get there, but I have a reduced goal that is the primary That way, if it doesn't feel okay to push hard enough to get to that secondary level, I still have something that I have achieved, something that I am happy and proud of. These goals can be anything. They can be productivity-based. They can be KPIs or key performance indicators you have established. They can be financial or quantity-based. It can be the amount of unread emails you have in your inbox. If you're anything like me, inbox zero is a myth and a perfectionism standard that I refuse to chase, for my own sanity, that is. For me, goal setting is often framed around balancing my ambition and the expectations that I have for myself, along with being realistic about what is achievable and knowing the minimum that I need to do to be happy with where I'm at. This is how I achieve a satisfaction without stressing about perfect Because like I said before, no one and nothing is perfect. Everything is a process and an evolution. And enjoying the journey is really where the joy happens. The new year is a changing of mindset that I hope you open yourself up to. Set goals and expectations for yourself, but be sure that they are attainable and give yourself some grace. Sometimes you reach your goals in a different way than you expected. The important part is to enjoy the process of getting there. Knowing the direction you are headed is just the beacon that keeps you working towards something. If you haven't already listened to the episode on year-end planning, it's worth a listen. If you have already, go back and look at your goals and intentions that you've set with the new light of these manageable expectations. No, I'm not telling you to lower your standards or to be okay with being mediocre. Ambition is a driving force that will carry you to achieve heights you may not be sure you can reach. So don't shortchange yourself. Just be sure you're keeping your head attached and allowing yourself the room to reset or shift when needed and learn from mistakes along the way. I want to wish you all a happy new year 
and challenge all of you to reflect on where you are and where you want to be and how you want to feel this time next year. Reach out and share with me your thoughts, your goals, and as always, let me know if you have a topic you want me to cover or a suggestion for someone that you would love to hear join me on the podcast. Happy designing, my friends. To wrap up, I want to thank you for your time. I hope the ideas discussed today have left you feeling excited and energized. As I build both my business and my life, I value the support and feedback you provide. I would love for you to reach out to me to let me know what you think, give me ideas, or just to connect. Please don't forget to subscribe and also share with a friend. Until next time, go create something wonderful.